Dumelang Avusheni and hello hi Mzanzi. Nolutando Ngakani here and welcome back to the Health from Zanzi podcast. I'm here to walk through your shame with you as you seek answers to those scary questions you are too afraid to ask about in public. I've got you through all those uncertainties, achy bones and of course your heart's woes. The birds and the bees get it on, and men do it anytime. But for women to have sex, there needs to be scented candles, and of course, your lover needs to do the dishes first, right? Wrong, says Cape Town-based sex positivity advocate Sheree Arendor. A woman's sex drive and desire is just as normal as that of a man. No matter how shameful in some people's eyes, a woman is allowed to explore her sexual desire without the judgment. Sheree joins this episode of the Health from Zanzi podcast to help us understand how it is not shameful to have those sexual desires, ladies. I think, you know, with sex in our country, women are still often shamed. You know, why do you think that women are always um, shamed in terms of their sexual desires? Our country in general is quite conservative as a whole. I mean, many countries are still are very conservative. I think we have a, quite an interesting mix of conservative cultures in our country specifically in that, you know, we don't just have one sort of united front in terms of our culture. But the one thing that those cultures all have in common is that they're quite conservative from a sort of public facing point of view. And then obviously within those sort of conservative cultures, the patriarchy has made it such that women are still seen primarily as mothers, as people who procreate and With that banner, which is something that is true for women, comes all the expectation of this sort of like purity culture. And if you're not some sort of maternal figure 24-7, then you're the opposite. What I find so interesting, though, is that, you know, women have been fetishized and sexualized and objectified for all the bits that everyone finds very enticing. But in, then in the same breath are demonized if they're not filling this Mary mother figure. There hasn't been a lot of focus on it historically about, you know, women enjoying sex or women's pleasure. And I think along with this view that women should be this maternal figure, it's really built this shame bubble around women, even engaging with other people around their pleasure and understanding that it's something that they're entitled to. And it's not just a route and an avenue for procreation. You know, obviously we are desired, but you're not allowed to have desires as a woman. Well, you're allowed to be desired, but of course, then you must act demure and like it doesn't make any difference to your life and that you don't notice it and that it's actually, you know, something that happens outside of you. And I think that the second that you interact with that desire and you acknowledge the power that comes with that desire and God forbid you try and monetize the attention that you get because of that desire, you know, things start to go badly wrong for women. Like, how can you then break free from all like this bubble that, you know, they've put you in sexually and stuff. But how can you do it like safely as well? I used to have a sex positive podcast with an ex of mine and we're both older. Um, so he was early 40s and I'm middle to late 30s. And I think looking back on my journey as a sexual being, I think a lot of it is done unsafely. And I think the reason that it's done unsafely is because there is just a lack of conversation around it lack of conversation in the home as children, lack of proper education at school level. And then because of these grassroots sort of issues, 
as groups of friends, like people don't even discuss it. And you, you would think, you know, between women, it's a safe space, between men, it's a safe space, but there still seems to be this extension of this act and of this performance. I think what is so damaging is that we're all kind of isolated in a bubble Whereas if there was some sort of safety and acceptance taught at a young level, that there would be a lot more functional conversation, a lot more open discussion around things that really matter. And I read a staggering statistic at some point is that these uh, psychologists and behaviorists and that kind of thing all see that, you know, as much as like 60 or 70%, a high percentage of a human being's life is spent thinking about sex, romantic interests, how they're going to get sex how it is with their partner. It's a huge amount of mental energy expended on this subject. And yet there's so little functional area and tool sets provided at a young age to foster the right kind of functional thinking around this area. And I think this is why there's so many horrific things that start to happen in places because people are just repressed. People don't understand themselves. They're not given the chance, the opportunity, the tool sets to unpack some of this. A lot of it is trauma-led. There's so much shame and guilt and trauma that comes with a lot of the sort of kinks and fetishes. And if you let people, you know, express themselves in a healthy, functional way with support, things don't, don't tend to go that badly wrong. As the people that we are now start initiating those practices so that young people don't feel quite so isolated, so that they have the tool sets and the communication. And I think we're getting there. I mean, young people now are very focused on understanding their partners, understanding that women are also entitled to be creatures that um, have desire, mm. that are deserving of pleasure. You know, there's a the normalization of things like conversations around STIs and contraceptives. And I remember as a young person growing up, some of my first sexual encounters, we never spoke about anything. Mm. You know, what your limits are, what your boundaries are, what have you done before? What would you like to do? What feels good for you? None of that. Up until as late as my late 20s, I feel like Sex was a performance, you know, something that you thought you were doing for the other person or you were just desperately trying to maintain this air of like desirability in the face of no communication. And I think communication and and tool sets are key for that. And then do you have any, you know, some tips? Well, it really depends what you're into. You know, I think addressing it sort of broadly is difficult. But I mean, I myself am am a single lady at the moment and coming out of quite a like an intense relationship. So I think it depends where you are as an individual and everyone should, I think, honor themselves. And I think first and foremost is be safe in your heart and mind. Obviously you need to be safe in your body. And so whether you are out there casually having sex and, you know, being open and ethically non-monogamous with people, or you're in a committed relationship, I think you know, health for your body is first and foremost, make sure that whatever partners that you are engaging with, you're using protection or you understand about their sexual history, but then just make right choices that are going to leave you feeling lifted by the experience. And also just understanding that sex isn't just orgasm and climax, you know, sex for me is about connecting with a person, connecting with yourself, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, however you want to frame it, Make sure that you're there doing something for you, that you are benefiting and having a positive experience and holding space for somebody else to have a positive experience too. So get out there, flirt, take your time, don't rush into things, openly communicate, and the rest is going to be great, baby. Do you think sexual pleasure could be considered a human right? I think the right to discover it definitely is. I don't think you're going to have like clinics helping people achieve gratification anytime soon. 
But I think not demonizing people for wanting to explore this avenue of themselves, just like not demonizing people for wanting to understand their culture and their heritage, it's personal discovery. And I think personal discovery and self-expression is absolutely a basic human right. And I think sex and gratification and pleasure definitely fall under those banners. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Health Form Zanzi podcast, Cherie. Now, if you are looking for more on our conversation about desire, visit healthformzanzi.co.za. And dear friends, remember, if you are in a medical bind or looking for a shoulder to cry on, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za. Alternatively, you can hit us up on WhatsApp on 063-633-0628. I would never blue tick you, babes. Yo, but women have been objectified, fetishized for all the bits the world finds enticing but are continuously demonized when they do not fit the mold of this Mary Mother of Jesus figure. This attitude towards women's desires has built what Cherie calls a shame bubble around the understanding of female anatomy. She was preaching to the choir when she said that a woman is allowed to be desired but must still be demure. God forbid you actually explore what you want in bed. That brings us to the end of episode 81 of the Health Form Zanzi podcast. From me, Lulu Ngakani, have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend. <laughs>